0: Um, so this talks sort are of broadly divided into two, two parts. Um, I'm going to be considering two main questions. The first one is this, is there anything wrong with this fucking question? <laughs> um, so stop laughing, this is serious, right? Um, so this is, um, this is basically, is there, any, is there anything wrong with swearing? Um, is there any reason why we ought not to do it? Uh, the second one is, is this question any effing better? Um, so by effing, I kind of mean this, this, use of asterisks to substitute um, letters <coughs> in swear words. So, uh, the motivation for this question, really, is um, if we think swearing is offensive and we want to be unoffensive, uh, do we manage to do so by uh, saying effing instead of fucking, or by substituting asterisks uh, for the letters in the swear word? Okay, um, I did have a definition of swearing, but i cut it out, I assume <coughs> it is. Um, so, here's, here's a useful distinction. So, um, I'm concerned with kind of well, what we all kind of know are uh, regular swear words, e.g., fuck. Comp- Funk, fuck, can't piss, wank, ass shit, and prick. Um, what I won't be discussing are slurs. There's quite a lively philosophical literature on slurs, and those are kind of hate speech type words, uh, such as faggot, spick, nigger, dyke, kraut, honky, etc. Um, there's some debate about how you distinguish those from swear words. Um, one, one option is that uh, when you use a slur to insult somebody, you're actually insulting a, a whole group of people. Um, you know, if you call somebody a nigger you're not only insulting them, you're kind of uh, showing that you have an undesirable attitude towards a certain group of people um, whereas if you call somebody a cunt, that's sort of fair enough you insult them, you don't, you don't manage to insult anybody else um, another distinction this is the distinction between use and mention um, so if you compare the following two statements, uh, David Cameron is a cunt um, is a statement about David Cameron um, and the word cunt in that statement is used to sort of help us refer to him. Um, the second statement, cunt in inverted commas, it is an offensive word, um, is an example of mentioning uh, the word cunt, which I'm kind of funny about saying, I'm sort of walking into the room. Um, so so uh, cunt in inverted commas in the second statement um, uh, is referring to the word rather than sort of using the word to refer to something else. Um, the reason I make this distinction is... Uh, Stephen Pinker has written a bit on swearing, um, and he has said that when we have academic discussions about swearing, we mention swear words rather than use them. Um, but I'm going to be making an effort to use them in this talk, uh, and the reason is that um, there's, reason, there's reason to believe that we, that people in general, are more tolerant mm-hmm. of uh, mentioning swear words than of using them. Um, so this is what this is what the Guardian says. So the Guardian newspaper. Um, has a policy of writing out swear words rather than substituting asterisks for letters like a lot of other newspapers do. And they seem to be kind of quite proud of this. Um, However, they say uh, in the editorial guidelines that there is almost never a case in which we need to use a swear word outside direct quotes. Um, So what they mean there is that, you know, if a public figure has uh, said a swear word, then it will be reported in full, but you probably won't find swear words kind of peppering them. Financial pages, that sort of thing. Um, so you know, even the kind of MacBook-wielding, Zone Two-dwelling dudes at the Guardian, kind of, up, will, will s- bulk at the idea of using swear words. Um, so you might think that you know, that there's this sort of hierarchy of offensiveness, where sort of um, it's best if you don't swear at all. But if you have to swear, then at least mention swear words rather than use them. Um, but I'm concerned with using swear words, right? Um, And I'm going to be using them here. And there is a scholarly reason for that, which is that I want my use of them in this talk to serve as an illustration for some of the points that I want to make. Okay, so um, on to the first (coughs) question. What's wrong with swearing? Um, Well, swearing is offensive. That's kind of a popular view. Um, And an activity is being offensive can be grounds for prohibiting it. Um, So uh, Joel Feinberg, who's associated with... um, Writing about something called the offense principle, um, thinks that in in a liberal society, if we're kind of trying to work out which activities should be prohibited, um, John Stuart Mill's harm principle doesn't go far enough because there are some activities that don't harm anyone, but which we w- which we do in fact um, want to want to prohibit uh, on the grounds of offense. So stuff like you know sort of pro-fascist rallies, that that kind of thing. Um, I don't want to go into sort of any detail really um, on the offence principle, um, but Feinberg has written about swearing, uh, and he he's quite sort of pro swearing. Um, he sees swearing as falling into two categories. Instances of swearing are fall uh, as falling into one of two ca- c- categories. The first category is kind of uh, just one-off instances of swearing which are repeated once somebody's done it, then that's it. There's no reason to think they're going to do it again, and you can. Um, you can all move on. Um, he, ca- he compares that to being bitten by a single mosquito. Um, and he thinks it would be, be inappropriate for the state to get involved to um, deal with those sorts of instances of swearing. Um, on the other hand, um, swearing might fall into a sort of nuisance category where sort of somebody persistently swears at you. Um, so this is kind of more like harassment, and he compares this to sort of being pursued and bitten by a swarm of mosquitoes. Um, He sees this sort of swearing as an appropriate target for state intervention. Um, However, he also says that um, if this this does happen, then the reason his behaviour is problematic doesn't really have much to do with swearing because it's um, it's possible to harass somebody without actually swearing. So the link between the behaviour and the the fact that it involves swearing is is actually (coughs) contingent. Um, It's not the swearing per se that's offensive. Um, I kind of mentioned Feinberg's view here just to set it aside because he's actually concerned with a different set of issues. So he's concerned with uh, what the what the state should do about swearing. You know, when, whether it should be any concern of the state. Um, I'm not concerned with that question. I'm concerned with the more sort of general issue of whether there's anything wrong with swearing, um, whether it whether we should whether we ought not to do it regardless of whether it's legal or not. Um, so there are lots of there's lots of things that are legal but which we probably ought not to do, such as. Betraying our friends uh, where we can avoid doing so. Um, So you know, I think my uh, whatever I have to say is compatible with accepting Feinberg's position that the state ought not to get involved um, in instances of swearing, um, provided that they don't constitute harassment. Okay, Um, so we we can kind of accept that swearing is sometimes offensive, at least sometimes offensive. Um, So we might ask, uh, well, why? You know, what's offensive about it? Um, one response to that question might be to say well do we, do we have to have an explanation um, there's all sorts of things that we get offended about without there being any sort of any more to it than the fact that we are offended or, or perhaps any more to it than just a causal explanation of the fact that we're kind of brought up to be offended by certain things um, so if we're in a restaurant for example and I pick up a plate and lick it clean at the end of the meal um, you might be offended by that um, but there's kind of no, there's no sort of rational explanation about exactly, you know, what's offensive about that, other than the fact that it's kind of just not, I, I should know better than to do that. Um, so perhaps there's just sort of no explanation about why, why people find swearing offensive. Um, but I think it would be wrong to stop there and just say, well, OK, let's just accept it swearing is and that's all there is to it, because um, the view that swearing is offensive actually entails certain restrictions on liberty, such as censorship. Um, there's certain social and professional, and even legal sanctions on swearing. So, for example, if you're if you have a certain job and you swear, uh, you could be dismissed. Um, thankfully, not my job. Um, there's actually cases, you know, even in this country of people being arrested for swearing, um, and that tends to happen when sort of certain bits of legislation are sort of Shoehorned into an excuse for arresting people who are drunk or otherwise offensive. Um, so, so given that, uh, given that the view that swearing does entail these sort of uh, restrictions on people's <coughs> freedom to swear, I think it's appropriate to demand an explanation for why it's offensive. Um, and the reason for that is that people get offended by all sorts of things. So, some people are offended by homosexuality, for example, um, and the uh, the sort of enlightened attitude there is that well you know if you want to be offended by homosexuality then you're free to do so but you can't you can't really expect uh homosexual activity to be restricted just because you're offended by it it's kind of you know it's your problem um so perhaps we should say something similar for swearing you know if you're offended by swearing then tough luck um but okay so i uh, i want to sort of try and consider some reasons why people might think swearing is offensive Um, These are the ones that I uh, think are sort of either the most promising or the most the ones that best reflect uh, people's attitudes towards swearing. I actually think that this is kind of the most the least interesting part of the paper, so I'm going to go quite quickly through it because um, I don't think there is a strong case for um, for the view that swearing is offensive. So, firstly, there's the view that swearing is harmful. This actually lies behind the obscenity laws in the U.S. So the idea is that if you swear, if you sort of just go about swearing, you know, wh- whenever and wherever you like in any context, that that can actually deprave young children. But there's actually no evidence for that. Um, there's ve- there's very little Im- empirical evidence for the view that swearing is harmful, and what little there is is kind of clouded by the fact that it doesn't really separate out swearing from verbal abuse, um, harassment, and so on. Um, and there's also, you know, we might make the point that um, if we're concerned about harmful uses of language, there are many sort of far more obviously harmful ways of using language than um, swearing. So, for example, libel, harassment, threats and so on um, are ways of using language that sort of have a more, much more clear harm potential than swearing. Um, Actually, far from being harmful, swearing is actually beneficial. There's all sorts of benefits to swearing. Um, so there's empirical evidence that it increases people's ability to tolerate pain. Um, it's cathartic. You know, it's quite nice to swear if you hurt yourself. Um, it's funny. I, I don't know why I need, like, four references to <laughs> <laughs> so, so children know that swearing is funny, OK? Um, and, uh, and some of these references uh, are to research on uh, the use of swearing in comedy. So it's obviously a lot of comedy is built around swearing. Um... Swearing is like a low, can be a low-cost form of aggression. Um, so there's some people that think this. If, if you have to be aggressive, then it's best to do it through shouting swear words at somebody rather than uh, physical violence. Um, and there's actually a, a couple of bits of evidence I came across that uh, politicians who swear are evaluated more positively. Um, so if you're a politician, <laughs> it's, uh, it can be beneficial to swear. OK, here's the next, here's the next objection. Swearing is impolite. Um, So here, I came across this to you in in, uh, a a column in The Guardian called Work Ethics, and somebody had written in to um, ask whether their colleagues really ought to be swearing, and this is what their etiquette expert said. She was called Rachel Holland. Um, I'll read this out for the benefit of the um, podcast. I have a zero tolerance policy on swearing in the workplace. There is no room for foul language, whatever job you do, whether you are the director of a company or a manual labourer. Swearing betrays a poor vocabulary and shows that you are unable to express yourself clearly and accurately. And if you swear at someone, well, that's just a form of bullying. Some swear words are considered less strong than others, but I would avoid them all. This is a question of restraint. If it is in your manner to swear, you should stop. And if you don't join in with a bad language, your stance will be noted and respected. Swearing can only create a negative impression. If you resist and take the moral high ground in that way, people will want to work with you. And from there, you can begin to change the tone of the office. And that really strikes me as like a sort of prissy pile of bollocks. (laughs) (laughs) It's sort of tempting to try and get a job with this woman just But this is kind of, you know, just this sort of blanket disapproval of swearing, the idea that that it's absolutely never appropriate. Um, Is that true? I I think, so my view on this is, well, swearing swearing is sometimes impolite, but only in certain contexts. So I take it uh, now, you know, when I'm sort of using swear words in this talk, I'm not being impolite. Um, I hope you. Think so anyway. Or you know, if you're alone at home and you stub your toe and you swear, then um, I mean that's hardly impolite. There's nobody, there's nobody around to hear you. Um, so swearing is sort of at best, in or worse, impolite only in certain contexts. Just like a load of other things. So, um, so referring to somebody by their first name can sometimes be impolite. Um, and usually, when we um, when we take the view that that sort of thing is impolite, it's the behaviour along along with the context that we think is inappropriate. We don't. There's not many things that we think are sort of categorically impolite, um, and so I think the same. The same is true for, for swearing. Next, the idea that swearing is aggressive. Um, I think you know swearing can be aggressive, but it's not necessarily aggressive. Uh, you can you can be aggressive without swearing, um, and s- swearing need not involve aggression. So you know I'm not being aggressive here uh, when I'm delivering this talk and swearing. Um, and also there's also the point that I've already made that um, as, you know, if, if you have to be aggressive, then swearing is quite a good way of being aggressive. Um, it's, better than, it's better than punching somebody. Okay, finally, there's a view that, uh, that swearing reveals a speaker to have a poor command of language. Um, here's a quotation I came across from the Spectator a Spectator article in 1870. I couldn't actually find the name of the author. Um, but it's quite a nice expression of this view. So it says, the oath saves him, i.e. the swearer, from the trouble of thinking with clearness and expressing his meaning with precision. It is a symbol which vaguely gives emphasis. Oaths, therefore, have justly been called the italics of the vulgar. <laughs> um, I think, again, you know, there's a sort of familiar point I've been making here. That, um, this, this is sometimes true, um, but, but not always. So, um, so it, it, people can use swear words unimaginatively and sort of repetitively and mechanically, and you know that can be quite boring. On a sort of aesthetic level, that's, um, we might object to that. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's not necessarily linked with swearing. So, um, so here's something that the uh, sort of articulate fan of swearing, Stephen Fry, has said: the sort of twee person who thinks swearing is in any way a, lack a sign of a lack of education or a lack of verbal interest is just a fucking lunatic. <laughs> um, and Stephen Pinger has quite a nice paragraph illustrating sort of creative uses of swearing. So he says, we should pause to applaud the poetic genius who gave us a soldier's term for chip beef on toast: shit on a shingle. And the male to mail advisory for discretion in sexual matters: keep your packet in your pocket. Hands off too to the wordsmiths who thought up the indispensable pissing contest, crock of shit, <clears throat> pussy whipped, and horse's ass. Amongst those in the historical record, Lyndon Johnson had a certain way with words when it came to summing up the people he distrusted, including a Kennedy aide. He wouldn't know how to pour piss out of a boot if the instructions were printed on the heel. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald Ford, he can't fart and chew gum at the same time. and J. Edgar Hoover. I'd rather have him inside the tent pissing out than outside pissing in. Okay, so you know, swearing need not, swearing need not betray um, a poor vocabulary. So that kind of completes my survey of why we might find uh, swearing objectionable. Um, I I don't think there's any convincing case uh, for the for the view that you know that we ought not to swear. There, there's no sort of strong case for that, um, but um, I'd be interested to hear if you, if you disagree. But nevertheless, you know, people do... We, we can all accept that swearing is o- offensive in some contexts, and sometimes we want to avoid that. Um, so let's just sort of go with that point. You know, swearing is sometimes offensive, and we often want to avoid offending people. So given that, is using asterisks um, instead of writing out a swear word or by, you know, saying things like effing instead of fucking, um, does, it, does that enable us to, um, to be less offensive? Um, I, I can't see a plausible story whereby it, it, it does uh, lessen the offensiveness but um, i see what you think um, so so here are, here are some ideas about why I, I've, I've chosen the, the case study of fucking here but uh, it applies to many different swear words so here are some reasons why you might think effing <coughs> is less offensive than fucking so it might be that um, th- the two are, d- are different words um, that effing is not a swear word that it's not even a word Uh, that uh, that saying effing lets us share responsibility with the reader or the listener for the offensive word, Um, that it spares the reader or the listener the offensive word, that the the two have different connotations, Um, that offensiveness is more closely linked to what we say explicitly, to what we we imply, and somehow, you know, when we say effing, we are implying rather than actually saying uh, an offensive word. Um, Effing might let us acknowledge... That we recognise and we kind of want to mitigate the offensiveness of, of actually uttering a rude word, or it might there might just be kind of no explanation other than the causal one. It might just be the case that well effing just is less offensive than fucking. So I'll go through these one by one. I might have to kind of skip ahead if I run out of time. So first of all, the view that they're, they're different words. I don't think this is very plausible, but I'm kind of building up to some other objections here that I'll perhaps want to want to refer back to. Um, I think the view that they're that mm. effing and fucking are different words is just wrong. I think the, way that we, the natural way that to understand effing is that it's a way of saying fucking, um, but you kind of don't want to say it in full for whatever reason. Um, so we're kind of happier saying effing. I think that anybody who uses the expression effing knows all this, right? I mean, they know they—they they know what word they want to say, and they kind of want to, they want to communicate it, um, but they just want to communicate in a, in a certain way. Um, so given that the two are not different words, it's kind of puzzling how one manages to be less offensive than the other. So what about the view that effing, unlike fucking, is not a swear word? Um, I think I think this kind of reflects the view of people who use the expression. That they think, you know, anyone who says effing um, thinks they're not swearing. Um, but if, that, if the two are the same word, and fucking is a swear word, then... No, ipso facto, F- effing must also be a swear word. In which case, again, you know, how does it manage to be any less offensive? So next, the view that um, the that effing is not actually a word, that we kind of stop short of saying a word when when we say this. Um, but I think this is implausible. So anything you want to say using the word fucking, you can say using the word effing. So you know, any any kind of. Um, Box that fucking ticks, so to speak, for for wordhood can be ticked by effing as well. You know, it sort of functions fully as a word in all contexts. I think. Um, So, so it it would seem odd to claim that it that it's not a word um, when it seems to behave as one. Um, So, how about this idea? Effing lets us share responsibility with the reader or the listener for the word. So, so by saying or writing effing, you can imply in a kind of nudging way. What, what you want to say without without explicitly writing it, um, so the, so that the reader or the listener has to draw an inference, and that kind of makes them culpable somehow in the um, the offence being taken. Um, I think this is so. This is implausible. I think. Um, I think you know. Th- there's first of all there's the idea that um, if we. It, the idea embodied by this view that if, if we're explicitly communicating something, we can't be the the, the listener can't be drawing inferences. Um, that view just does, doesn't seem to be well represented in philosophy of language, um, on my limited knowledge of philosophy of language. So, if for example, you know, there's, there's two entrances to the room. If I say if I say I came in that door, and point, um, so I'm using a demonstrative. Um, you you have to draw an inference to work out what I mean by the word that you know that's kind of just how demonstratives work, um, but the the standard view of demonstrative communication doesn't take it to be sort of you know a non-explicit form of communication. It's just the idea of you know sort of making inferences is part is part <coughs> of what we do uh, when we use language. Um, so the idea that sort of making an inference is is, is somehow a mark of non-explicit communication just seems implausible. Um, there's also, um, Jennifer Saul has written a sort of really interesting paper on um, whether lying is any better or worse than uh, merely misleading. So there's this view that if you tell a lie, that's somehow worse than if you sort of merely imply a falsehood without actually explicitly stating it. Um, and some of her comments in, in that paper have interesting analogies here. So so she, um, well I'll make the analogous point, so, um, so even if you grant that the... Um, the reader or the listener shares responsibility for the offence uh, when they kind of have to kind of draw in an inference to work out what rude word you're you're referring to when you um, when you say effing rather than fucking. You know, even if that's true, um, it doesn't follow that you that, that makes it any better. Um, and this is something that Saul says. You know, she says, you know, even if it's the case that when you merely mislead somebody rather than lie to them, that person sh- has to share responsibility with you for the the wrong that's been done. That doesn't entail that it's any less wrong. Um, and she makes a sort of good, quite a good analogy between um, a mugger who confines their muggings to um, sort of crime hotspots and one who mugs people in nice neighbourhoods. Um, and if you know sort of which are the, which are the nice neighbourhoods and which are the crime hotspots and you make a decision to, to walk through a crime hotspot at night and you get mugged, you kind of, there's a sense in which you share responsibility with a mugger for getting mugged. You know, you, you are sort of irresponsible. Um, but Saul's point is that, you know, that doesn't make, it, that doesn't make the mugging any any better. Uh, you know, a mugger, she says, who confines their activity to a crime hotspot is not a nicer mugger than someone that sort of confines <laughs> themselves to a, a nice neighbourhood. Um, so this is sort of um, the idea that um, by, you know, by, by getting the reader or the listener to share responsibility with us by, by using a certain form of words, that that entails that we're doing something better it doesn't, doesn't necessarily follow. Um, okay, so here's the next one. By, by saying "effing," we spare the reader or the listener the offensive word. Um, this seems to be the kind of view of the sort of um, newspapers that will we'll, um, ref- we'll, we'll use asterisks rather than write a swear word out in full. Um, but I think it's just implausible. So you don't have to use the word in the first place, um, and if you do use it, you don't have to. You, you can just use asterisks to um, to blank out the whole word, right? You don't have to include any of it but typically that's not what happens. Enough of the original letters will be included so that you know um, what word is being meant. So so that seems to indicate that the the, the, <coughs> the writer or the speaker wants to communicate the word. They just somehow want to kind of, um, not communicate all of it, but, but still communicate enough so that it's clear what's being meant. Um, but I think if you want to spare people Thinking about swear words, using asterisks is quite a bad way to do it, because you kind of have to think more about what word is being meant if, they, if it's not made explicit to you than if it, than if it is. Um, so here's somebody who complained to The Guardian about this. Um, he said, uh, well, this is David Marsh writing in The Guardian. Um, he said, a Twitter user commented that before he saw the word norped in The garden, Guardian, he did not know what the word denoted by another newspaper as mm. K star, 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 was supposed to be. I sympathise. How is the poor reader expected to differi- differentiate between B and B? The former, of course, is bastards. The latter, bollocks. So you know, it's kind of um, if you have somebody sitting at home going, "You know, is that is that bollocks or is that?" <laughs> you know, <that's laughs> You're actually devoting more attention to thinking of uh, rude words than if the if the words have been written out in full. So it doesn't seem it doesn't seem plausible that. That using asterisk is, is sparing people um, the, the pain of having an offensive word communicated to them. Um, so next, how about this? Effing and fucking have different connotations. I mean, that's possibly the case. Um, it'd be quite fun if somebody would do an experiment and let us know. Um, but I think even if that's the case, even if we do have a sort of a stronger negative emotional response to to fucking than we do to effing, that doesn't show that effing um, is any less offensive. Um, to show that we would need some additional argument to, to, to show that, that, that our emotional responses are rational, you know that it's appropriate for us to respond in that way. Um, but we don't have that. You know that's, tr- that's kind of what I'm trying to do here. Um, okay. So the next one. Um, so I actually might uh, skip this one. Offensiveness is more closely linked to what we say explicitly than to what we imply. So this might take a <coughs> while. You can come back to it in the Q and A if you're interested. Um, next. So. When we say effing, that lets us acknowledge to the reader or the listener that we recognise and want to mitigate the offensiveness of fucking. So it's kind of like saying, I want to say fucking, but realise that's offensive and I don't want to offend you, so I'm saying effing instead. Um, (coughs) Now that only works if effing really is less offensive than fucking, because otherwise it's just like going at somebody and hitting them in the face while we're going, I'm really sorry about this. Um, you know, you kind of recognize, recognizing the wrongness of an action doesn't mitigate the wrongness if you, if you also go ahead and do it, right? you know, if anything, it makes it worse. If, if you know it's wrong, then you shouldn't be doing it at all. Um, so again, like the, like the last, uh, idea I covered, this, uh, this approach demands some independent accounts of how effing manages to be less offensive than fucking. Um, and finally, that's just a causal explanation, you know, it just is offensive. Um, I think, that, uh, I think that this is probably the most plausible explanation, you know, that we're just raised to, to think of, um, of swearing by using asterisks or by sort of hinting at the words rather than saying them in full, as less offensive, that, that, that there might be nothing more to it than that. Um, but as I said close to the be- beginning, if, we, if it's also going to be the case that people's freedom is restricted, um, that people are, people are not allowed to swear um, when they want to, then I think we need more than this, we need more than some sort of causal knee-jerk um, explanation as to why we find some things more offensive than others. Um, I actually think, you know, there's a strong case for thinking that using asterisks might might actually make things worse. So there's there's this idea, for example, <coughs> that it gives it gives people a way to swear when they might otherwise be unwilling to do so. Um, now unless we're sure that effing is less offensive than fucking, if people go around saying effing when they might otherwise have had to find a different, you know, find a, find a different choice of words, that's actually going to make things worse. Um, and I think this point becomes clearer when we think of it in the context of slurs. Um, so if you take um, if you take a word like nigger, for example, I kind of Uncomfortable saying the word, but I'm kind of forcing to for consistent forcing myself to for consistency with my position here that we ought not to sort of hint at words; we ought to say them. Um, you might know, think if you give people the opportunity to write n and then a load of asterisks that that's actually a bad thing because um, it's kind of bad that it's kind of bad that people use it at all. Um, what's bad is not writing out the word in full, but the the, the desire to use a sort of disrespectful hate-filled expression to refer to a group of people. So um, so giving people the option to use asterisks might actually kind of legitimise a use of um, language that we, we prefer not to be available at all. Um, so I think for consistency, we um, yeah, apply the, point, the same point to swearing. Um, people who think that swearing is bad ought to either be more offended by the use of asterisks to sort of help spell out swear words, or they should just um, stop being so offended about swearing, um, which I would prefer they do. Um, another reason why uh, using asterisks might be a bad thing is that I mean this is kind of a practical consideration: that it encourages us to, f- to focus on the swear on the swearing when there are more important issues at stake. So um, you might be aware the uh, the Sun newspaper publishes a topless photo every day, uh, but they won't publish the word tits. Um, they will ask to risk out the uh, the I in the middle. Um give them the kind of high profile uh, anti-page three campaign that's been around recently to try and get them to drop the topless photos. You might think that you know maybe they should focus on that rather than on sort of whether they actually spell out the word that refers to something that they're publishing every day and which people don't like. Um, so, so and you know apparently this does a, this, this uh, you do get. Um, you even get the kind of censored uh, version of the word tits appearing on page three next to some tits, which is <laughs> a bit odd. Um, okay, so that's kind of one um, one sort of quite Kafkaesque response to, um, to the offensiveness of swearing. Um, this is another one. So um, here's a photo of two footballers. That's Anton Ferdinand on the left and John Terry on the right. Um, so you might remember this in 2011, um, John Terry uh, during a football match called Anton Ferdinand a fucking black cunt uh, and he, just, he went to court for it um, now when it was reported in the newspapers um, except for the Guardian of course um, it, what, he, what he said was reported by most of them as an effing black sea um, and somebody wrote a letter to the Guardian about this saying thanks in any event to the Guardian for reporting without kindness what Mr Terry is alleged to have said to Anton Ferdinand I never cease to be amazed by newspapers which shyly make him say "effing Black Sea," leaving intact the one word which aroused Mr. Ferdinand's wrath. Um, so again, that seems a sort of a, perhaps a case of getting our priorities wrong. That, um, that you know, kind of if you're if you're concerned about something being offensive in that sentence, what's offensive is not the um, the word "fucking" or "can't." Um, okay, so this is my conclusion. Um, every time I kind sort of practice this at home, I was sort of it was taking me nearly an hour and a half to <laughs> deliver it, and I, kinda, I must have rushed through <coughs> it like a, a potty-mouthed auctioneer. Um, so this is my conclusion. We should swear more, and we shouldn't use asterisks. And, it, you know, that's fine. So that's the end. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>